Get ready for unique, rare, and little-known treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to The Amazing World of Radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to The Amazing World of Radio. Do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. And as a reminder, we have Christmas programming on our other podcast, The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, featuring new Christmas episodes Tuesday through Saturday with repates on Sunday and Monday, and over at the Old Time Radio Snack Wagon at snackwagon.net. We have episodes posted for Monday and Wednesday, and we have a special Friday uh, episode coming up for you as well at snackwagon.net. In addition, I've made guest appearances this week on classic comedy old-time radio, the old-time radio westerns, and I love old-time radio. Today, we're going to bring you a Christmas episode of Dr. Christian. Dr. Christian is a radio series that began in 1937 and stayed on the air until 1953 over radio. Dr. Christian was a town doctor in the fictional city of River's End. The series starred Danish-American actor Gene Herschelt, who had wanted to do a series based on a character he had played in the movies, but couldn't get the rights, so he created this series. And the name of Dr. Christian was because he was such a huge aficionado of the works of Hans Christian Andersen. Herschelt's dedication to the works of Hans Christian Andersen led him to translate 160 of his fairy tales into the English language. Dr. Christian was one of the kindest and wisest characters in all of old-time radio. He had seemingly limitless reserves of compassion. Today's episode comes from wartime. The original air date, December the 20th, 1944. And the title is The Fugitive. Dr. Christie's office. The Vaseline Program, presenting our Dr. Christian Christmas play called The Fugitive by Nelson S. Bond of Roanoke, Virginia, starring Gene Herschel as Dr. Christian with Rosemary DeCamp as Judy Price. Well, now you've found out for yourself that there's nothing better for everyday household burns than Vaseline, petroleum, jelly. Petrolatum? Well, it's the same thing. That's the medical term for it. Petrolatum is part of a new burn technique. The surface dressing, in fact, that's helping to turn hundreds of major burn casualties, both military and civilian, into remarkable recovery. The very first thing to do for a household burn is to spread Vaseline petroleum jelly very thick on fine mesh gauze and place it on the burn. Then bandage it, but not too tight. If the burn is deep or covers a wide area, why call a doctor at once? It pays to keep Vaseline petroleum jelly handy. It's only a dime, you know. (laughs) Well, thanks for calling, Mrs. Andrews. Goodbye. It's Christmas Eve, the night of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. 
Gay tinseled trees gleam brightly in the reflected light of a million merry Yule logs. And in their beds, a million tousle-headed children, weary of waiting for the jingle of sleigh bells in the sky, dream of tomorrow's toys. Peace on Earth. But in a military prison camp not far enough from River's End, dark shadows hide a wraith-like figure that lurks and waits as the sentry makes his rounds. Oh, who goes there? Who goes there? That should be recognized. Who go- Oh, oh, it's you. What are you doing out here? What's the matter, you sick? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you holding your side, yeah? Does that word hurt? No. Yeah. Sounds like appendicitis. Here, clean up me. I'll get to the medical officer. Hey, what are you... Hey, come back here, you! Hey, what's the matter here? I heard twice. What's going on? What's the sentry? Over here. Over here. Hey, what's the trouble? Yeah, what's going on here? Alarm. Set off the alarm. Is that Nazi, the one we call Yah. He's escaped. That's right, Mrs. Brooks. One teaspoonful in water every four hours, and she soon be fed as a fit. What? Oh, of course, she can get up tomorrow if she wants to. Old Dr. Sander is a better physician than I am. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you. And a Merry Christmas to you, too. Sally feeling better, Dr. Christian? Yes, Judy. She'll be up tomorrow. Oh, <clears throat> Any more calls? No. That's the last one. Good. I guess we can close the office and get home to our own free trainer. Uh... You are going to help me, aren't you? <laughs> I promise I would, didn't I? Yes, you did. On one condition. Condition? Was there a condition? Oh, indeed there was, and don't you pretend you've forgotten it. He told me if I helped trim your tree, you'd play Santa for the kitties at the orphanage tomorrow. Remember? Did I say that? Huh? Oh, but you... Now, nah, doctor. Oh, but those false whiskers, Judy, they itch. I can't help that, doctor. A bargain's a bargain. Very well, then. But I do hope the pillows stay in place this year. Last <laughs> Christmas, I stacked like a rain-soaked awning. <laughs> and in the wrong places, too. No, nonsense. You were wonderful. Well, Doctor, shall I? No, wait a minute. Listen. The choir, Dr. Christian, the little church across the street. Beautiful, isn't it? Yes, beautiful. Open the window for a few minutes, will you, Judy? And it's Christmas in. Yes, of course, Doctor.
Well, you know, Judy, I think maybe there is hope for this evil old world of ours after all. So long as there are moments like this. Evil old world? You mean the war? Well, the war, the bloodshed, the hatred. Has the war taught you how to hate, Doctor? Has it? I don't know, Judy. Not at first, perhaps. But now, after learning the nature of our enemy, after hearing the horrible tales from overseas, watching our boys come home blinded like Johnny Thompson or shell-shocked like Bob Eaton, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think it has. I know. I feel that way too, though. Everyone does. You can't help but... Judy, what's that? I don't know. Sounds like sirens. I hope it's not a fire on Christmas Eve. No, it's not the fire sirens, Doctor. I think it's a prison camp. What? Hey, what's the trouble? Hey, listen, the prison camp. Yes, look. Our soldiers on motorcycles. And there goes a jeep. Oh, Doctor, because one of the prisoners must have escaped. What? Do you really think so? That's what they're saying out there. See the streets crowd and the choir, everybody's coming out to see the excitement. Oh, let's go out, Doctor. No, no, don't go out here, Judy. What? What does it? It may be dangerous. Yes, listen. Listen, folks. Please go in your houses. Get off the street. There's an escaped prisoner of war on the loose. He stopped the guard and escaped. We think he headed this way and he might be armed, so get off the street, please. Doctor, does that mean we can't go home? I don't know. I'll ask the sergeant. Oh, sergeant. Sergeant. Yes, sir? Uh... Can't you even go home? Ain't you at home, mister? No, this is my office. I, I'm a doctor. This is my nurse. We were just getting ready to leave. Oh, you'll be safer right where you are, doctor. I realize that, but you really shouldn't be. Well, you do what you want to do. There ain't any law against coming out, but I wouldn't advise you. See what I mean? Sarge! Hey, Sarge! Yeah, you got him? Yeah, tell me, tell me. Got him? Does that mean that... Uh, Judy, my bag, quickly. He may be needed. Yes, doctor. And this started out to be such a peaceful Christmas Eve. Is he dead? I don't think so. He's still breathing. That's too bad. That would be one less nothing. May I get two, please? Pardon me. May I get... Thank you. Judy. Right behind you, Doctor. Hey, just a minute, bud. Where do you think you're going? If you don't mind, soldier, I'm... That's okay, Joe. He's a medico. Yeah? Oh, well. Okay, doctor. Have a look at him if you want to. Thank you. Judy, my bag. Here you are, Dr. Kitchen. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Bad shape, doctor. Huh? I... I beg your pardon? I said he's in very bad shape. Yes, I'm afraid so. He's headed. How do you know? Are you a doctor? Well, I've practiced healing. Can we present? Now, oh, that's odd. I don't believe you've ever met before, have you? This man must have an operation immediately, Doctor. Yes, I agree. Well, the prison doctor will be here in a few minutes. I said immediately. A few minutes from now may be too late. That's true, but I'm only a civilian, and I'm afraid I haven't the authority to. You're a doctor, aren't you? Why, why yes, of course. But this man is a German prisoner, an enemy. A human a... being, Doctor. Yes, I suppose you're right. Judy, Sergeant. Yes, Dr. Good. Yeah, Doctor. Judy, put me at the operating table in my office. Yes? Sergeant, carry this man to my place immediately. Will you please? By the way, Doctor. Huh? Hey, now, look, Doctor. You can't move this guy. He's a prisoner. He's a dying man. He has a bullet crashing on his brain. He can't wait until your army medical officers get here. 
Every moment is precious. But, Doctor, I, I I'll take the responsibility. Just do as I say, Sergeant. And hurry, please. Well, okay. Joe, Mike, carry this Jerry to the doctor's office. I'm the double. Okay, Sergeant. What are you doing? Trying to save him? I never heard Dr. of Dr. Christian, you can't really mean it. Easy, that. easy, dear. Well, what do you know about that? Huh? Doctor. Yes, Dr. Christian. Will you, uh, will you perform this operation? Why, Doctor? Don't you want to? Well, frankly, no. Why not? You want the truth? Very well, then. This is one time I'm not sure I care whether my patient lives or dies. He was wounded while trying to escape, and before he was taken prisoner, who knows how many American lives... I swear by Apollo the physician, and Escalapius, and health, and all healing, that according to my ability and judgment, I will keep this oath from stipulation. Oh, well, that's not fair, Doctor. The oath means so much to you, why don't you... I'm just a physician, not a surgeon. This operation calls for skills beyond my power. In here, nurse. That's right. Careful, Sergeant. Very well, Doctor. I'll do it. But you'll act as my assistant. I'll do everything I can to help, Doctor. Forceps, Judy. And, uh, Doctor, will you start the plasma? Forceps, Doctor. Judy. Okay, Doctor. Well, Dr. Christian. I can go, Doctor. I can go. But you told me if I helped trim your tree, you'd play Santa for the kiddies at the orphanage tomorrow. Remember? Oh, but those poles whiskers, Judy. They itch. Knock the guard. Okay. You might be armed. Now get off the street, please. Yes, ma'am. Has the war taught you how to hate, Doctor? I don't know, Judy. Sponge, Doctor. Sponge, Doctor Christie. Another dragon duty ended. Well, that's all we can do. Beautiful operation, Doctor. Beautiful. Hey, Dr. Christie, I don't know, Judy. The bullet is removed. From now on, from the hands of the physician greater than myself. Golly, Doctor. I never saw anything like it. You went right into his brain and took out that bullet. Ah, please, Doctor. Doctor, why don't you go in the other room and rest? I'll watch the patient. Yes, it's a good idea, Judy. Gentlemen. All over, Doctor? Yes, for the time being. Now we must wait until he comes around. The, uh, the medicos came. When I told him you was operating, they said they'd be back later. Well, I hope there won't be any trouble. I mean, as a civilian doctor, I had no right to... Oh, heck no. You've done the right thing, Doctor. In this country, we take care of prisoners. Just like they was our own men. That's right. Funny, though, I, I can't figure poor old Yah trying to escape. I didn't think he was that kind. Poor old what? Yah. <laughs> That's what we called him. Nobody knows his real name. Wouldn't he tell us? He couldn't. He was shell-shocked. Didn't remember nothing. Patton's boys picked him up at La Huey de Pui or something. No identification disc or nothing. Just another casualty of war in a German uniform. So you called him Yah? Yes, on account of he keeps saying it all the time. Over and over. Gosh, listen. Christmas Carol. Yes, I guess the excitement is officially over for the evening. The choir has started practicing again. Listen. 
Hi, we used to... Dr. Christian? Yes, Judy, what is it? He's not... The... No, he's all right. He's coming out of it. He, he seems to be trying to say something. Really? Well, come on, Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. told us. That's all he ever said. Yeah. Soldier, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. That means yes, doesn't it? Yes, but in this case, I, I don't believe it means anything. It's just the only word his injured brain remembers. Nurse, when did he start trying to speak? Why, just a few seconds before I called you. When the choir started to sing? Yes, I, I believe so. Doctor, what do you mean? I'm just wondering, Dr. Christian. Could it be that when you removed the bullet from this poor chap's brain, you performed another operation at the same time? You mean lessen the pressure somehow so that his memory will return? It's possible. If he stirs to the music of an old carol. Yes, he might be right. You are, we've got a chance to really cure this patient. Bring him back to life mentally as well as physically. Judy. Yes, Doctor? Uh, go across the street quickly. Ask uh, George Gordon, the choir leader, to come over here right away, will you? Certainly, Doctor. Listen, but, but... I'll explain everything in a few minutes. But now, please hurry. Yes. Yes, Doctor, the German words of the carol are in the book. But I don't understand why you want us to sing them. Uh, George, I'll tell you all about it later. Right now, just do as I ask. And believe me when I say your singing may save a man's life and his sanity. Will you help? Well, of course, Doctor, gladly. Of course, we're not linguists. We may make mistakes. Oh, that won't matter much. Just so long as the words are recognizable German. All right, Dr. Christian. I'll start right away. Thank you. Now, Judy, open that window again, will you? Hmm? I want the choir music to be heard plainly. Yes, Doctor. Dr. Christian, aren't you going to a lot of trouble for an enemy? Am I? Yes, I suppose so. But I'm afraid I had almost forgotten he is an enemy. He's a patient now. Yes. That makes a lot of difference. A whole lot. Judy, cover him warmly. This air is cold. Yes, Doctor. Doctor, uh, will you come in, Phil? Yes, of course, Sergeant. Come in. Holy smoke. What's going on here? Well, you're trying to make Yah remember who he is, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Closer to a man's heart and brain than the memories of his childhood. If he were to just a few other words of this song, 
with the choir, it may open the slot again. Listen. Talking in German. I know I can English. I hear him. Go on, soldier. Virgin, mother, and child. Child. Holy and infant. So tender and. Judy, close the window. Yes, sir. Faith in heaven. Look out! Look out! Soldier, listen to me. Watch yourself, those shells. It's all right. It's all right, soldier. You're safe now. You're safe. I'm safe. I'm... Where am I? You're home, I think. Hmm? What is your name, soldier? Corporal Todd. Company B, Field Artillery. The United States Army? Sure. Of course. United. Doctor, he's dead. No, Judy. Just leave him. And when he wakes up, he'll be well again, Dr. Christian. Completely well again. I know. Great guns, Doctor. You mean he's not a Jerry at all? He's one of our guys? Mm, that's how he looks, Sergeant. He must have been captured. Escaped from a German prison camp. In one of their uniforms. And then was shell-shocked, trying to reach his own line. Now that we know who he is, we can find out. Golly, one of our boys shot him. Well, he had no choice, soldier. But perhaps that was the best thing that could have happened. He'll be well now. And to think I didn't want to operate. But you did, Dr. Mm-hmm. I had to do this. And the showdown my profession proved stronger than my personal feelings. I... I guess I can answer your question now, Judy. My question? Yes. You asked me if this war had taught me how to hate. Well, the answer is yes. It has taught me how to hate the things our enemies stand for. But it has taught me, too, that the individual enemy must be treated as a physician treats a patient. You mean a, a portion of the world is sick, Doctor? That's it. And it needs a major operation. We are all doctors in this war. And we must make absolutely certain that this time our patient is permanently cured. Well, don't you agree with me, Doctor? Why? Where is he? Where did he go? I don't know. He was here a minute ago. You mean the other sawbone? Yes. Oh, he left. He said his job was finished. Oh, but he, he shouldn't have gone. I want to thank him. Well, I don't even know his name. He'll give me this card for you. Maybe he's got his name on it. Oh, that's good. Let me have it, please. Thanks. Well, Doctor? Judy, I... This card. What's the matter? He's a doctor, isn't he? Yes. He's a doctor. His name? This card doesn't have a name on it, Judy. It just has one word. 
One word? Yes. It just says, inasmuch. The curtain descends on our Dr. Christian play, and here is our star, Dean Herschel, to say, Next week we present a new prize play called Wish on a Star by Doris Pitkin Buck of Arlington, Virginia. We invite you to listen to our Vaseline program again next Wednesday evening, same time, same station. And until then, I'll say, Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a uh, good night. If you're troubled with loose dandruff or any other signs of dry scalp, try Vaseline hair tonic. It supplements the natural scalp oil. Just five drops a day overcome dryness, groom your hair neatly. Then, before each shampoo, a vigorous massage with Vaseline hair tonic to loosen dandruff scales, stop itchy tightness. Remember, friends, for hair that looks good and a scalp that feels good, use Vaseline hair tonic regularly. It contains no alcohol or other drying ingredients. Why not get a bottle tonight? Bob Anderson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. This is such a fascinating episode. I talked about the type of character Dr. Christian is at the start of the episode because I think understanding that really gets to the heart of the matter. Dr. Christian was a character who represented the best of humanity. And so Judy's question about whether he'd learned to hate was actually quite a dark moment. And when he said for the first time in his life he didn't know whether he cared if a patient lived or died, it's shocking, even if it doesn't linger because Dr. Christian is called back to who he is and to the oath he took. And it reflects a certain reality of war, particularly as you're dealing with all of the horrors of the war. And really, as the war went on, the reality of what the Axis powers had done to civilian populations in their own countries and in occupied countries really began to come home as more reports came in. If you read or listen to war propaganda from 1942, there are parts that seem uh, over the top or even cartoonish. 
But then when you get to their descriptions of how people were treated, you realize that Americans didn't know the half of it in 1942. Of course, there would be other events with Allied liberation that would reveal how dark things had gotten. And there can and should be some justifiable anger and a desire to see the enemy defeated. But there were some moments, and you'll find it occasionally in writings or even hear it spoken aloud on radio programs, and you can find how easily people can slip into a really dark place where hatred and vengeance has kind of gotten a foothold in their hearts. For example, when the war ended, because of the wartime policies, there were people who were starving and it would become mass starvation if something were not done to help them before winter. And some voices actually spoke up with the solution of let them starve. And of course, those voices didn't prevail, but they were out there. Like I said, it's a very dark place And it's fascinating that this episode brings all of that into a Christmas setting. I think it's a really effective story. Now, you might uh, be a little bit confused by the big final twist. You might even guess who the mysterious physician was, but you don't get the clue. What does that word on the business card mean? And honestly, the first time I listened to it, I had to run back through it a couple of times. This is a slightly better copy, but the word was not clear, and it's also not a word we use in common language these days. The word was in as much. And that may mean nothing at all to you, but to a listener in 1944, It'd be a different matter as it would tie into the traditional celebration of Christmas and the season leading up to it, Advent. Uh, And you will understand the clue if you can understand that. Uh, Traditionally, this period has not only been about the birth of Christ, but has also looked forward to Christ's second coming. The phrase, inasmuch, is actually a reference to one of the most noteworthy parables about the final judgment from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 25. The phrase, inasmuch, was used in the King James Version of the Bible, whereas most modern translations phrase it differently. Uh, The parable tells about when the Son of Man returns and will sit on his throne and divide the nations into sheep on his right, and goats on his left. And then quoting directly from this parable in the New King James Version of the Bible, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, 
inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So writer Nelson Bond, with a single word on a business card, evoked this passage that served as both a promise and a warning that most of his listeners would have been well aware of. Now, Dr. Christian, at this point in its history, usually used a prize play format where amateur writers would submit their stories and they would be played on the air, and usually the people who wrote these were quite obscure and never wrote anything else of much note. This episode really wasn't that. While they did include the city that Nelson Bond came from, as they typically did with the prize play winners, Bond was an experienced writer who had been active since 1937, and he would write for radio and television. He was properly best known for his horror and science fiction work. He retired from writing in 1959 to work in public relations and later became an antiquarian book dealer. He wrote a new story in 1995 at the urging of no less than the legendary science fiction writer Harland Ellison. 36 years of writer's block may be one of the longest career pauses I ever heard of. Uh, In 1998, he was recognized by the Nebula Awards as an author emeritus for his contributions to fantasy and science fiction writing. So he's not the first person you would think of as writing for Dr. Christian. Nevertheless, I think he turned in a really thought-provoking and interesting script that had a lot to say to a troubled world and certainly has some salience today. And I want to go ahead and thank Javon. Javon has been one of our Patreon supporters since November 2018, currently supporting the podcast at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Javon. Well, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this really different Christmas special. We will be back on Christmas Eve with one final episode, and be sure to check out the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio at greatdetectives.net and the Old Time Radio Snack Wagon at snackwagon.net for even more Old Time Radio Christmas programs. In the meantime, from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. 